You know, Frank, you get on a long road trip like we're on, occasionally you're going to run out of cash. <laughs> you're going to run out of money. And so what we've devised is this little system where we, we hit what you call, what I like to call an ATM. And what I, what I mean by an ATM is a craps table, Frank. <laughs> so we, we left uh, Nebraska and headed to South Dakota, uh, hit Deadwood, um, and I found myself a craps table, and I made a little withdrawal. You did, and it, it, within an hour. Within, I, I, I'm working for, like, good lawyer wages now because I pulled $400 off of this table in an hour and then decided to go hit Frank. You know, just Frank was over there at the, at the bar. Um, just, just chilling with some, some really good people. Yeah, from socializing. West, from, yeah, for socializing with some good people from Wisconsin that we met. And so I got tired of making money and just wanted to go over there and just sip on a, on a, on a beverage. But, uh, you know, what has this got to do with shooting, Frank? I'll tell you what it's got to do with shooting. Craps and shooting crossover in the toss of the dice with natural point of aim. <laughs> because I throw, I set the dice up the same way every time, uh, four up. Four up, five forward, and then I grab the dice and I and I swing them to the other end of the table using natural point of aim. And if you watch me, I hit the same spot on the table time after time. You're, you're you know? grouping. You're I'm grouping. You're grouping, grouping the dice man. on the table. Yeah, I'm grouping. And them. then you're you're collecting your cash at the end of the roll. There's precision. There's everything. You know, you guys got to start looking around life a little bit better because I found long range precision in darts. You know, of course, it's in golf. I mean, it's everywhere. We you noticed look it anymore. in the car. You know, you you pee in the you pee in the toilet in the middle of the night. You gotta have precision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't yeah. have a flyer. You know, <laughs> your wife's gonna let you know about the flyer. So, so hey. And, and and we had the gas mileage, right? So we saw that that I I, I my BC dropped when I went like ninety. Oh man, it's um um. What we have is we were running about what twenty eight miles an hour. Yeah, well, I was getting twenty eight miles to the gallon. Well, then when we I was got on the 70. open. But then we got on the open road in the plains, and we suffered some uh, ballistic coefficient problems once we got up into into higher speed. Yeah, you know, I started so. hitting the nineties a little bit more, and the next thing I know, my mileage went down to twenty four miles per gallon. I was like, ooh, I guess I'm going a little bit too fast then. Yeah. So my BC is not quite as good as I thought it would be, um, you know. But uh, otherwise, it was good. Uh, so. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank at Sniper's Hide. Staff Sergeant Taylor. And we're in the car. We're driving down to Iowa. Um, we got a couple days to kill. Uh, so uh, Mark mapped out another place for us to stay and, and do a little casino work for him to take a withdrawal out. Um, great class in Minnesota. Had a good time. Uh, we're, you know, we're not going to get too much into that right now because we're going to do your Q&As like we talked about. So there, there's, there's that part of it. Um, we're going to be in Dubuque, Iowa. Anybody lives in that area wants to come out and have a cocktail, learn a little bit about craps, come on out. We're yeah, yeah, we yeah, got we got to. We're gonna be there four days, so we got plenty of time for the next class. We're just gonna basically chill, and um, and actually we're gonna do a little work too. But but we're gonna basically chill. Yeah, I gotta get caught up, man. I gotta do some computer work, and then I know Phil and Kaylin are calling me to go jump on their podcast. Been so damn busy, I haven't had a chance. I think Phil's asked me like four times. And, um, you know, which I totally appreciate them guys reaching out to me like that and staying on me. But it's just been a, a oh, man, you know, kind of just like, uh, hey, I can't do it today. Sorry, man, you know, and that kind of stuff. So I want to get that knocked out for him. Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore was fun. I'd never been there. Um, so we made the tweet. Like I said, we went up um, through Rushmore, stopped and did a couple nights in Deadwood. Uh, we ran through Sturges and saw Chad Dixon at LRI. Uh, got to see his operation, man. He's packed in, and he's he's just 
everybody that we're running into gun gun wise is is swamped. Yes. I mean, it is sales through the roof, craziness. Um, we just left an hour ago. Uh, Adam and J. Paul at uh, JP. We went to JP Rifles. I was here, called them up, said, "Hey, man, I want to give you a hug," and um, stopped in and, and said hello. Then had lunch with uh, with JP and Adam, and, and what a great time! And checked out their operation. Uh, really appreciated the you know their op, uh, hospitality, even short lived as it was. Um, it, it's always nice to be able to visit. I was kind of looking at the map, and I wish we could have bounced up to Bartland. Uh, but we did have Brady from Bartland, Bartland come down. Came to us. Yeah, they came to us to our Minnesota class, and uh, Brady offered every student in the class a discounted barrel blank and some work. And I mean, how awesome is that? Yeah, that I mean, that's the kind of people in this industry. When when you get to know them and and, and you do all this stuff, um, it gets that. But I kind of want to start jumping into some of these comments and questions. I'm going to have to have Mark pull it Hold up on. on the iPad. Well, first of all, let's go back to Deadwood. Oh, go what to Deadwood. What did you, you think of the crowd out there? Dude, man? Deadwood was weird. It was uh, old. It was, I mean, I'm 56 years old. I'm feeling old, right? My body's creaking. But all these bikers, we're, in, we're on Main Street in Deadwood, and we're having, we think we're having a good time, and we're about to experience a better time because it's about 8, 30, 9 o'clock. It's getting dark. A lot of bikes on the street, a lot of people packed. there, but it's an older crowd now. It's like a 60-something, even to a 70-something crowd, and about 9 o'clock, the streets rolled up. They, they, they totally rolled up. We were, like, standing there in an empty bar in Deadwood, like, four days before Sturgis and all that started, before the rallies start, and they rolled out of town. Now, maybe they went somewhere special. I don't know. They didn't tell us. But um, we were quite surprised. Um, we ended up going back to the casino. That's when Mark made a, a withdrawal, and I and I camped out at the bar. Most of them are trailering, man. It's like, hey, we trailing our stuff. My bike's coming tomorrow, and and so we got to talk to some um, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Wyoming people like that. Uh, and you know, let me just say this, man. We're, we're coming. I, I know we're in the heartland. Uh, these polls are wrong, dude. Uh, there, people people are slicked up to it and not saying anything, but all we're hearing is Trump. All we're seeing is Trump. Uh, it, it, and, and we may be skewed because of where we are, but, I mean, I want to say that the crowd that was at the casino in Deadwood there, we were at those, uh, we were at Red, the Double Trees or whatever that hotels, the fancier ones. Um, they, they were an affluent crowd. You know, uh, you comparing to what, what about the um? The, oh, the, you got to tell the Seattle Seahawks story because th- this is okay. kind of gun related. Yeah, it's funny. a Rolex related story. You know, you guys know I'm a Rolex aficionado, so I'm always, I'm always gazing, right? I'm gazing around at guys' watches. I'm not, you know, I'm trying to uh, check what they're wearing and whatnot. And there was this massive watch on this guy down the bar. Built guy, guy. Yeah, guy was a fifty-something, uh, probably weighed 165, 70 pounds, but he was like ripped. Right, he's an older guy, ripped. He had a stunning lady off his arm, and it looked like it, they act like they've been together for a while. Come to find out, he works with the Seattle Seahawks, so he had this really like Seahawk green and silver, you know, watch, watch on. Right, I, right. I couldn't resist, man. I had to go down there and see what was going on with this guy. And what, what did I say it was? Uh, Invicta. Invicta or something like that. Yeah, Evidently, like they make watches for the NFL and they make team watches. It didn't look like a cheap watch, Frank. It was a really expensive no, watch. No, it was and like he, a freaking pound watch. Yeah, he owned many Rolexes as well. A lot of guys cross over, you know, where I'm just, actually, I'm just just rich enough to own a Rolex. But you guys got to understand, I bought my first Rolex back in 1989. You know, I back when I was a sergeant in the Marine Corps and it was cool. 
So so it's 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 I ain't got a lot of money. We know that, but I like nice things. Other guys do too. We think watches are cool, man. You know. So anyway, all right. But that guy, he, what did he say about the NFL? Oh, he said 14, guys, 14 game season is what he's predicting. He was uh, he was pretty definitive. Yeah, right? yeah. He wasn't hedging, man. He, he was said, like, "Here's how it's gonna go. There are gonna be no fans in the stands, and it's gonna be a fourteen game season." Now they. The NFL came from a 14-game season. I don't remember when they switched to 16, but what they're probably going to do is drop two non-conference games, non-divisional games, and and basically stick to a, a leaner, a leaner right, uh, season. Right, right. But without fans, I don't know how they're going to pull that off. But, but now the funny, so Mark's down that he, he's like eight seats away from us originally, and I'm on the end of the bar. And, and so the guy comes over to say goodbye to Mark and everything, and I talk to him, and he's like, oh, what are you guys doing and stuff? And so, and I, and, and he goes, this cracked me up. And he goes, oh. And then so I tell him I did this, did that, and, and all that. And he goes, you must know Johnny Primo. I'm like, holy shit, I know Johnny Primo. Johnny Primo is the guy, when I left Rifles Only, Johnny Primo worked there. And then Johnny went to like OSS, Salient. He did some stuff with Prime. I totally know Johnny Primo. And, and it was hysterical that this guy out of the blue is like he you took know, a class with him right? yeah he did a class I think like handgun carbine you know kind of a zapper class and, and, and I just totally cracked up because I mean Johnny Primo gets around uh, you know good dude all, all that stuff you know no, no drama with any of that but um, when I left Rifles Only the, the first person that Jacob brought in was a Johnny Primo so that was kind of funny like and, Frank says all the time I'm a people collector you know basically I, there's nobody I won't talk to uh, I'm pretty gregarious. I'll reach out there. You know, I'll find a reason to talk to this guy, and it was a watch. Well, come to find out, it's a small world. Well, even you did that in Nebraska. You saw a guy yeah. sitting at the table. You walked oh, yeah, over. Oh, he had a Submariner yeah, on. Yeah, 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 Submariner on. He's like, hey, how you doing? Does the high, high, you know, the hey, hi, how you doing? Yeah. And, 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 you know, they, they, they exchange pleasantries and move on. But it, it's, a, yeah. it's a good way to break the ice. Well, and also, you know, being a small world, um, that's the only way you're going to reach out, branch out, is meet other people. I mean, you know, right. and, and find out how small the world is if you don't talk to somebody, you know. So stop looking at that guy down the bar and, and make a conversation with him. You might have something I can't tell if this is a guy or a girl behind me, but I got this little piece of junk Hyundai friggin' that yep. keeps getting on. Uh, every time we get to, like, slower traffic, they ride right up my friggin' ass. And so I've been blowing out 100 miles an hour in front of her. And, or I can't tell. Uh, it looks too short. Um in the seat there but I can't tell if it's a dude or a chick but it's like god damn lady give me a break or a dude but oh tell about our Karen story man oh uh, man. And Minnesota's masked all out right, dude alright I stepped on my tongue a little bit you now, know. but not even though you didn't do nah, it on purpose I didn't do anything I don't always do I'm always calling women sweetheart or sweetie you know if they're a young girl hey sweetie can you do this or, or, or would you like whatever and, and so um, we were one drink in we're at well, Applebee's. First, first, all, right, uh, yeah. all right, I'll go into it. Yeah. Applebee's. We go into Applebee's. You got to have a mask on. I got a mask on. You know, I mean, like yeah. basically they were they were vigilant, man. They were they were really on top of it. So well, they even did, con- not with us, but they did contract tracing with people. They took phone numbers. Yeah, well, they didn't do it for us. I don't know. They, they, they maybe knew we weren't from around there or something. I don't know. But anyway, we have, we're trying to get a seat at the bar. There's only two seats open in an Applebee's that they're allowing people to sit at the bar. So give me a high top, you know? No. Lurch here, uh, 16-year-old, you know, uh, stunted stunted mental growth uh, human being, 
won't give me a high top. He sits us at this uh, booth. at this booth in the middle of the in the middle of the room. So now I got people all around me. I'm paranoid. But but anyway, we're having a good time. Server comes over. Her name is Danielle. Yep. Danielle's a young girl. Danielle tells her two she, confessions she, with Mark she, and Frank. Two confessions with Mark and Frank. Danielle, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I had a meth addict. I was a meth addict for a while. I got two kids. My man was abusive, and this it's like, oh, my God, Frank. She was good-looking. I would have dated her. I mean, we can't, we can't yeah. even talk to anybody without getting true confessions. Yeah, yeah. So we were generous when we tipped her. But, all right, let's 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 go back. So I tell her we're going to camp. I say, listen, we can't sit at the bar. We're going to get some food, but we want to sit here and have a couple drinks because it's only 7 o'clock at night. We rolled into town. We don't have nothing to do. Um, you know, We're treating your booth like we're sitting at the bar, right, okay? And right. She's, okay. she's down with it. We'll... we'll on, uh, they reduced the staff. So there's only two girls and a bartender working, and then there's this this uh, red shirt who we we're guessing, yeah, we're, we're guessing is the manager, and she's ripping lurch about the, these twenty somethings that keep coming in, where like every third one doesn't have a mask, and she's like, we're not sitting them down if they don't have a mask on. They gotta have a mask, and she's chewing lurch out. So we're seeing all this because we're people watching, like we usually do, and it's like. Dude, give the you know whatever. It, it's like nobody's paying attention. So we so we we're, we're, we 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 both got glasses full of ice because we're done with our first drink. So she's walking by one aisle over. So I give her a hey, sweetheart. Hey, sweetheart. Well, we had ordered new drinks from I Danielle. I see them sitting in the window up there. Right, the they're sitting there waiting. They're sitting up there. I said, hey, would you mind getting those drinks for us? You know, our server's a little bit busy. She gives me a look, and man, my ice melted. She was like, give right. me laser eyes. I felt like I was being stabbed in the kidneys and, and hit. I mean, it was just like, She wow, comes dude. over with the drinks and she's not happy. She goes, sweetheart, huh? I'm like, Ma'am, I'm, I'm from Mississippi. That's what I call everybody. Yeah. You know? She and, was offended by Mark calling her sweetheart. Oh, my Lord. And Mark's kind of like number one mad because like five minutes after they sat us down in the booth, Lurch sat somebody down in the high top. Yeah, and and so um, oh, I, I got him later too. He yeah, comes yeah. around later. He comes around a little bit later, and I go, "Hey, see, you finally got the, gave away that high top I wanted. Uh, you wanted to be in a booth." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, nah, dude. And so anyway, um, yeah. So we had, you know, what I mean, we're entertaining ourselves in a good time. But man, oh, man. it is no joke in Minnesota. They're they're like, you know, um, what do you call it? They're they're. They're on. Go around you, Frank. I don't know what this person's doing, man. They keep I driving. Told, I told, I'm, I'm motioning to Frank, go get in the right lane. And she won't go around. Nah, I'm, I'm fine. I'll just race yeah. her, man. I don't know. Maybe yeah. she wants my number. Oh, I got a hard look. Um, so we're pulling into our hotel room, and, and there's this, like, newish um, uh, Audi. Bleach, bleach, blonde, cute girl, sitting a little low in the seat. Stripperific, you know what I mean? At least from the neck up. And uh, she's staring, like, not only at me but through me through the car and following me the whole turn in I gave her the high high sign and shit so it was pretty funny but it, yeah, that's well. as far as it goes so anyway we asked you guys to throw some comments out there so we want to do some Q&A um, with the comments and, and, and just kind of have a good old time with, with some of the questions you're throwing at me now if we mix in a few answers from the burger no BSBC stuff because they're kind of mixed in um, when you go through the comments they're kind of uh episode specific but they're not when we read them so we might bounce into a, a burger one every now and then um so you know if we do we'll give you a little bit of answer but understand the burger ones will be for brian and amel and and we'll take care of that when we get there but we want to have some fun with some of these other comments all right so 
Rover 31, who won the corn race? Mark did. Dude, yeah. Mark, he chews the corn up and he comes back the next day. He goes, that corn went right through me. I'm yeah. like, nah, mine's still out. Well, it depends it. on what race we're talking about. Yeah, I don't about. know the corn whether race. Whether, we're, whether it's getting the niblets off of the corn cob or the niblets moving through your body. Yeah, I don't know. But I think I got about an eight-hour freaking yeah, turnaround. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, he's got a head start on I think on I got there. an eight-hour turnaround. I'm probably about 12. Okay, Hoger T, is that Ted? Ted Am I? Yeah, probably. How far do paper charts work? So far, they've been working out to a thousand. We'd have to re, we'd have to reassess it to go farther because we made a thousand yards a hundred percent. You know I what? Do, this is blowing people's mind. Dope and gravity. I mean, we keep harping on a little bit weaponized math, and Mark and I have been talking about it. Like, how do we take this to the next level? I really personally think if you're a manufacturer out there, or you're an ammo company, or you're something like that, you should have the X factor math on your box. In your toolkit. In your toolkit. On the printed, you know how, how materials, like, people always say the BCR bullet's wrong, or this is wrong, it's stuff printed on the box. Imagine buying, like, a Ruger RPR, and there's a card in there with weaponized math so you can dope your rifle out. I think you guys should be licensing this thing and, and using it or something from us and, and giving guys this information because it's a no-brainer. It's not ballistic calculator. It doesn't require inputs. It has no error to it. Even if you're shooting poorly, which influences the shot in the data, it'll still work. You know, you're just gonna have a little zigzag line instead of a proper trending line, which Mark has been noticing. He's able to, to recognize problems in their fundamentals based on their ending data. If your data doesn't flow across Ted's chart, Jackmaster's chart, in a in a you can you can fall left to right, you can rise left to right, or you can be straight across left to right. But if you just got a zigzag line in there, you have a problem at that. You've got a corrupt data at a yard line. There's no doubt about it. And that lets us know that that it, maybe a guy slipped. Or a yard line's off, a scope's got a weird spot. Right. Anything could be the answer. Mm. But but we're noticing that you know, we can then uh, diagnose issues based on the trend lines we're seeing with the weaponized math. So to answer that question, I don't think there is a yard. I think there's always going to be a multiplication factor. And you know what? I'll go. I'll look at it because we hit out to 1240, okay, with pretty, pretty yeah. predictable math. And the way we got there was, what was your thousand yard data? Okay, let's. If, let's if, add one if five. Your, if your drop was a one four from nine. To a thousand, let's add one seven to get to eleven hundred because we know things are slowing down a little bit, and then we went further at twelve forty. So I'll work it out, but 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 we'll get there. Hold on, he's got a, at what distance? Da temp location change. Should we be going back to our ballistic apps? This is not meant to replace your ballistic app because when you trade change geographic locations and density altitude, you're going. It's unless, this way. unless you're gathering data for another rifle, if you're gathering data for a rifle, it's always going to be the same. This is for gathering data for an initial rifle with an unknown unknown rifle, unknown uh, uh, ammo. Right. Okay? You don't need any parameters. But once the chart's filled out, that's what you true your software to. Yeah. And then we have no problem with you running into software at that point. Right. So basically, I'm, I'm day one. and If it's day one for you, you want to dope your stuff out. You use the weaponized math and you leave your phone in the car. Then what you're doing is we're creating with our worksheet, we're creating a, a, a drop chart, right? That chart is then what you use to true your software. 
Now understand this. Your spin drift, your Coriolis, your aerodynamic jump, all those little X factors that are really only 1%, they're already in that solution. So you can turn that stuff off in your software because we're no longer predicting, right? So the, the reason you put that other stuff in software is, uh, you know, I'm going to muzzle velocity my rifle, I'm going to put it in the BC, and then I'm going to do my sight height. Now I need the software to give me a prediction on something completely unknown without truing. Well, then you want to turn certain things on because it's included. Now I'll say software is about 2 to 3% of that stuff where it should be only 1%, but they usually run about 2 to 3%, which is why I bitch about it all the time. They're doubling or tripling the actual number. They figure it, it, it's not going to hurt you, it's probably going to help you. But when you're truing software to verify data, you already included that stuff in it, so don't use it twice. That's the key point. But once, I'm using my, my I, I took my weaponized math, I doped out the uh, ATLE in Alaska. I doped it out to 1,000 yards using the worksheet. Then I went back to the hotel, I, I trued up my applied ballistics doing, and we'll talk to this in a second because I know the question's there, muzzle velocity at 600, BC at 800. Whoa, what the frig, man? That dude tried to friggin' run us off the road. Asshole truckers. You guys suck sometimes. Not all of you, just that one. But anyway, so um, you heard it. Anyway, uh, wow. yeah, that came close, right? Yeah, I'm surprised he, the radar didn't go drifting. off. He was drifting. He was on his phone tool. That's why we don't like phones, because the t- douchebags on the highway are on their phone and they're drifting the lines. Um, anyway, so muzzle velocity at six, BC at eight. I did that, no drama. It's 25 feet per second per tenth of mil adjustment, or you know whatever. And and now when we went to Nebraska and those places, my applied ballistic works. So you know I went from sea level of a thousand DA to three thousand DA. And I used my software and it worked. Ding. Ding hit. Ding on the line. But we're noticing, these guys are noticing, we're getting them on the, we're having a lot less misses. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Our, our round counts in these um, in these courses have gone down. I, I kind of got to get on mark a little bit because, you know, it's hit on the line, hit on the line, and he wants to move on. And it's reducing the round count. And it's like, nah, you're going to have to give him like five shots because we don't used to be... It would be miss high, miss low, miss left, miss right, hit, hit, we're done. Now it's hit, 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 and, and, and so we're, we're going one, two, three, so we're actually reducing the round count by almost five rounds per yard line because the weaponized math works that well. Hey, just looking to save you money. Man. Right, right. You know, uh, um, well, he's a one-shot, one-kill guy, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. a different kind of mindset. Okay, Renegade, do story time with Mark and Frank. Here's your answer, Renegade. No, you gotta pay for that. Yeah. Because out of if you take a three-day thousand-dollar class with Mark and Frank, at least three hundred dollars is that. Well, that we've been giving time. them story time. We gave them seven oh, minutes of story well, time. Well, they're getting story time right now. Yeah, and, and uh, I'm gonna but, tell you right but now. He wants to hear the stories, but that's we reserve the that. Stories. We reserve that for for at the, the table class. at the end of the night. We don't want a record. Yeah. We don't want it in yeah. right or in, you know, nah, saved nah. in the ether. Yeah, I can't sell some of the, I can't tell some of these stories. Yeah. I, I can only tell you face to but your face when you're gonna forget about it. Tomorrow. Here's what we're gonna do for you though, dude. We're gonna keep talking until we're tired of talking because we're on the road for the next like three yeah, hours. So you guys better better look buckle up, man. We're gonna go Joe Rogan ride. on you right now. All right. Um 
I would like to hear. This is Robot Doc. Okay. I would like to hear your take on actions and magazine interfaces and how to troubleshoot that. Dude, and I said this to Chad Dixon. I am completely friggin' sick of the action wars. I hate the action wars. I love a three lugger. I, I like some of the stuff. I mean, I you know what? Me visualizing right now. I I liked what I saw with the Zeus. I like the Terminus. I like the Ultimatum. Uh, we had a guy on the line, Orion, with the Ultimatums and stuff, and I bought some of the Ultimatums. But I am completely friggin' tired of all these action wars. Now I'm going to tell you this with magazine interface. If you're not running an Accuracy International, you shouldn't be running the double stack mag. They're going to let you down at some point. You're either going to be running them too hard and banging them in, and you're going to bend the feed lips a little. One side's going to drop. If you're in a stock, taking it in, taking it out. Um, yeah, we got more friggin'. This guy's going to cause a monster accident pulling his Volkswagen. Oh, boy, he's about to run out He's of about room. to run out of room, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to end, right? He's trying to race with a trailer, and the highway's going down to one lane, and he waited at the last second. Um, no, I'm tired of these action wars, man. Uh, you, they ain't doing you any favors because half of them ain't right. You know, like I've been bitching about the Curtis and stuff. That's a valid thing. I mean, come on. The guy's a sleight of hand a magician. What does he know about building an action now that Joel's gone? You know, he's got to be bailed out by other people. And, and, you know, whatever. That's his gig. You know, if you guys are into it, you know, more power to you. But I'm tired of the action wars. You know what I've been buying? I bought three, maybe four custom actions in the last nine months. You know what they've all been? Big Horn Origins. 825. That's what I've been buying. But as far as magazines go, if you got a two lug rifle, you should you shouldn't be anywhere near an AW mag. You know, um, in 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 a regular stock with changes in beddings and different things and torque values, it doesn't take a lot for one side of that mag to drip or you know to droop down a little bit and, and for you to pick miss one side. So an AICS mag would be that. They, that's the answer. That's why the AIC mess why the AICS mag exists because for these actions. But I and I said to Chad Dixon, dude, because we were talking, because he has a bunch of Remington stuff and Mac Bro stuff, we were talking about it. And I said to Chad, I said, you know what, dude? I'm completely tired of the Mac, you know, the action wars. And, and he said, me too. So it's I'm not the only one who thinks this way that it's getting to be like, you know, defiance, great stuff. Love it, no drama. Uh, always dig a defiance. I like the stuff George was putting out. You know that even came from Mac Bros and those kind of guys. Mac Bros got those 525 actions now, right? The 525 bucks. You got the Bighorn uh, Origin 825. Why are we spending 1500 dollars on, um, you know, uh, uh, the, you just saw a cop? Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a cop. But I'm only doing he lost 68. his train of thought. No, you just saw a cop. I'm looking at my speed. And I'm like, I'm only doing 68. Luckily, usually when we get these little dramas with people, I'll go like 120 miles an hour and I get away. We from, didn't do it right there. Yeah, exactly. I'll get away from all of them. Like, nah, I don't want any part of this mess on the highway. So I'll just like zink. Yeah. Go what by. was that? He had something that would catch. Oh, you oh, oh, he had a charger. Yeah. Yeah, that charger. Well, he could try to catch me, but all right, all right. Let's let's move on. <laughs> um, okay, can't be 7500. Topic. Mark's take on the use of gas guns for precision shooting. Well, that's easy to explain. Bring a very qual- very high quality, precisely made gas gun, and you will have no problems. In Nebraska, we had a gas gun go down. 
Yeah, the LMT. And, and, and had, I don't know what it was. We tried to damage control it, but it was really hard. We couldn't figure it out. It if, could, you're go, if you're going to insist on bringing the gas gun, it has to be tuned up, man. And you have to have taken it apart, put it back together. Everything is tight and shoots for you well every time. Because if you bring it to this course and it fails you, you're going to be upset. Yeah, you're going to frust- you're going to be frustrated, yeah. man. And and this guy was completely frustrated and he had a bolt gun and, and this is no negative to him. I get the mindset. I know exactly where he's coming from. Been there, done that. But um, you know, like we come from JP. That's my chosen gas gun is a JP. And um, you know, I I like JP rifles. They work for me. They do everything I ask them to do. They're they're good-looking gas guns and they even have a new version coming. Where they're going even better on the the, uh, the connection between the handguard and the in the receiver, but um, like a Knight's Armament, man, they're super expensive, but they're a battle rifle. They're not as accurate as you think they are, you know. And you have to know how to drive them. And I get it; everybody wants, you know, to drive these gas guns um, in in a certain way. But uh, uh, you know, Mark's seen more of them fail than he's seen them succeed. So yeah. And I haven't seen many of them because I'm a bolt gun. I'm a yeah. bolt gun operator. So, but all right, Carlos, 28AZ. Topic: How to find the number for your gun, Carlos? It's been said. It's been written. It's been. He spoken wants again. though. Wait, but he wants. I think I read it. He clarified it. He wants the uh, tremor for the rapid target engagement. I believe not the miles per hour. If you want the miles per hour for wind. It's the first number of your G1BC. End of story. Stop fucking fighting this shit. Um, we get it all the time. I don't get it. I don't get it. How do you not get it? If you have a .6 BC on G1 on your bullet, you have a six mile an hour gun. If you're up there in elevation, then maybe it's a seven. If you're down in elevation, maybe it's a five. But I think what he's asking, because he clarified it somewhere in there, um, he wants rapid target engagement. And, and you know what, dude? That's all changed. That's a bunch of bull. I mean, no, it works, but you got to do the 12-inch drill. And, and the Army did it. They were out at the gathering, and they, they did a demo on it because we had the targets that were designed for it. And what it is is the slow gun is a 10, the fast gun is a 9, and what it's doing is giving them their, their kind of minute of man dope. You're not going to hit a PRS target doing that. You know what I mean? It's too small. You need a 4M away elevation target, not a 2 or a 1. And what it is, is is when you flash mill this target in these steps, if it's a six, that means you hold line four. But the Army changed that with their new reticle. Now, instead of it being a 10 and a nine, it goes one, two, three, four, five. Wow. You know, so they changed it all up. And so you have to go back to what they're doing. I with love it. my simple life. Right, man. I mean, it's the tremor thing has it, wow. and I get it. It's, you know... This anyway, is, Carlos, sorry about that. I just noticed your edit up there, and I thought you were talking about mile power. No, but he, okay. he wants this rapid target engagement, yeah. and that's a tremor. You know what, dude? I'm not a tremor fan, and I don't like it, and I don't even want to talk about it. That's part of that sniper dandruff shit. You know, a bunch of flakes that want to sell you products. that, that they, they talk nothing about being a better shooter, just what we can sell you to make you a better thing. You, you have to wonder when all they ever do is go, you know, it's, it's sham wow. It's the guy, think about the Flex Seal guy, the ShamWow guy, who's got a product and he's talking an infomercial for a half hour. He's not telling you, you know, you have to know how to turn the oven on. He's not telling you, you know, you're going to love my nuts. It, it's, it's, it's this thing where, hey man, buy my product and you're going to be a magic chef. Even though you didn't go to chef school and you don't know how to, you can't boil water, 
but you're going to be a magic chef if you buy this if you buy this pan. You know, get me a copper pan, and 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 now I won't burn my shit. I went to chef school. Mark went to CIA. He went yeah. to chef school. And yeah. but it's like, think about that. If if somebody told you, don't go to CIA, buy here's the, how to cook. Right. Yeah, buy this, and you'll know how to cook. That's not. not That's exactly. not what we're about, man. That's not my gig. You know, we're showing people how to fix a cant in these classes and how to actually remove cant from their life. In our fundamental evals and our final evals and throughout our day, we find guys, they're in the fundamental eval, who don't cant the rifle anymore, where during the initial fundamental eval, had to keep pulling it back straight, pulling it back straight, pulling it back straight, because their level's telling them they're crooked. All the level's doing, it's an idiot light on your dashboard. Okay? An idiot light doesn't fix the problem. So stop listening to Sniper Dandruff and stop worrying about what these flakes are trying to sell you. Work on yourself. Self-improvement, man. Although Brad Pitt said that's mas- masturbation. But, well, um, you know, uh, but that's speaking my... Speaking of masturbation, ooh, I got woke up at 6.20 every morning at that last... Place. Yeah, but you thought he was doing that, but he yeah, was really biting. Yeah, he was, he was knocking off a piece. It, what, it was a worker there. He had a yeah, girl that was working that's a whole different story. front right. desk, and what she was doing is sliding was, in her boyfriend's yeah, room yeah. and knocking a piece off against Mark's wall. Yeah, it was banging against the wall, waking me up. And so anyway, that's my take on that shit, man. It's like if somebody's there to sell you a solution without you being able to shoot, what good does it do? You know what I'm saying? If you have, the, if you have atrocious fundamentals, no product on the planet is going to let you hit. If you can't call win. Because you're too busy want, hoping the wind dot works for you. The wind dot ain't going to do you fucking any favor, man. Can you buy fundamentals, Frank? The, yes, you can buy fundamentals. If you, you come to class. Precision Rifle Course. It's not right. beside Precision Rifle Course. You take we, cl- this last class we had, a lot of Precision Rifle shooters. And guess what? They had what? Mm-hmm. They had they had PRS what? What, three? Scabs. They had PRS scabs. Oh, well, yes, they had uh, 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 competition Comp scars. Competition yep. scars. Um but here's, the, here's a question for you guys who shoot a tremor. I mean, do you hit everything just using the wind dots in the wind? Probably not. You know, because you have to know how to shoot. You have to understand what you're looking at. And a wind dot alone isn't going to do it for you. You need yeah. other tools in order for that to work. Reticle's only a tool. And you got to know your reticle, of course. But, but it's not going to fix you or it's gonna, not going to teach you anything. I mean, that was the biggest nick in, in, in the after action um, yesterday, at the end of the day, what was Nick talking about with me the entire time? How am I calling this wind? Because there's wind flags. I love this range in Wisconsin because it's a it's an F class range. It has great wind flags on each side, and they oppose each other because of terrain, right? And so I'm calling the flags are blowing one way. I'm calling guys the opposite way, just like I did in Nebraska, and they're getting hits. Because I'm looking at something different than what the flags are telling me. Because I understand the terrain. Got it. I understand the terrain is messing those flags up. And I know where the holes are in the terrain. Okay, I got a lane going down. There's two holes in that range. There's one about three, 400 yards. And there's one about eight, 900 yards. Well, when we're at the 600 yard, I'm calling the hole at the 3-4, okay, which might be opposite the flags. And so we spent 15 minutes of me explaining why I see things different than what they are. 
when it comes to calling the win. I wish I can call myself a win god, but I can't because I'm not someone that has put it on paper and shot a match and said I scored better than somebody based on my win calling. But if you come to my class, I'm a fucking win wizard. And they'll tell you that. Ask any of them. Don't ask me. Although you just did and I just said it. But the thing is, you know, you have to have other skills. A widget only goes so far. And I'm really, really getting tired of the widgets. You know, we're, 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 we're you know, we're, we're telling you, invest in a better bipod. Give it good lockup. Look at the top of your turret. Level it up for where you are. You know what gravity is. Tighten it down so it doesn't move. And the next thing you know, you're not canting the rifle anymore. You don't need the level. I mean, how many times now with the tool, like we're talking about the scope tool, taking everybody's scopes off. How many times do we find encanted reticles in the rings? Yep. You know, Nobody argued with us. No, time. at least four class. And speaking of leveling up bipods, all right, check this out. Once you get comfortable and happy in a place with your bipod and a certain notch on your bipod leg, don't just live there. Because every time we change yard lines, it's going to change on you a little bit. What you get is guys moving back or moving forward, moving off to a different yard line or to a different position, and they keep that same bipod height and now I noticed that they're way back on their bag and their bag is flat now where their bag used to be vertical and they're riding it like it should be now their whole position is shrinking and I have to go by and say hey man let's take this bipod up two tenths well it worked at the last yard line yeah but it's not working here because you're now laying on your rifle right so I mean, don't become so happy with that that it becomes bipod adjustment is based on two things right your body type and the terrain you're shooting in in order to level the rifle up to your body type, okay? And that way, we, because we're seeing, um, we're, we're working on it a lot with guys, but in the beginning, we see a lot of guys who are doing exactly that Mark's talking about, and they're not readjusting the bipod for, for changes in target package, and then the rifle wants to sink under their shoulder pocket and raise the, muzzle, the nose yeah. up, and then their dope is corrupted. So we found that a couple times. Yeah, a couple times, man. It's been beat up. Does it? Uh, this is C Y W K Z H. First of all, get a moniker, man. Pick a name. Pick something. Uh, C Y W K Z H wants to know: Does annealing work and experience with tuners? In my opinion, a tuner is another gimmick. Not a gimmick. It's going to work. But what you're trying to do is replace fundamental precision with a end of the barrel tuner. Yeah? Yeah, the only thing I'm not a fan of is, is the modifications to the end of the muzzle because yeah. then you're kind of stuck. If it's one I could just screw on to a 5.8 24, okay, I, I could probably say, you know, throw a couple bucks, but um, you could talk to them. You reload a lot. Okay. I mean, uh, annealing's a thing. Annealing, annealing is a thing. Here's how it's a thing it's going to make your brass, it's going to keep your brass malleable because when your brass pings in there, it's like peening something. When you peen something, you're making it harder. The steel we shoot, is AR500 450 steel. It gets harder the more we hit it. And so when you run three, uh, your brass through your rifle three times, it's peening against the inside of your chamber. There you go. It's peening. So what you're going to do is you're going to heat that brass up, let it cool slowly, and it's going to become more malleable, giving you more lifespan. That's what's it. So yes, does annealing work? Do it. You don't have to do it every single firing. I do mine every t second or third. Depends on how much brass you got and how often you shoot it, basically. Uh, and how, how, how hot your loads are, I'm sure. 
here's a good one. Suggest a topic. This is uh, Jeff N99. How to remain gun stability when shooting obstacles while on the clock. You don't. It's practice, dude. Yeah. Um, we did that. We did a, a little too. We had the downpour and we moved undercover. Um, we did a little mini kind of. Uh, they called it like a, a like a, a skill. They called it like a skill workup or something. They had a name for it in Wisconsin or in Minnesota here at the Gopher Range. Um, they had a word for it. But anyway, we there's always a wobble zone. We're always moving around. You practice to determine how to minimize that wobble zone to be within inside the plate. You know what I mean? But are we? rock solid hell no this is one of the reasons why guys run triggers so light because they're trying to break the shot in a way that doesn't influence the rifle by going really really lights and then they tap the trigger that's where the training scars or, or the, take it back the competition scars come from um i i worked with dustin this weekend he's a comp guy he's been second Dusty time plier yep good dude man great shooter foundation stock had a bix and andy two-stage light um, we were on. We were doing some uh, some drills and put them under time, uh, put them on tank traps and culverts and those things. And you know, I can see them throwing it off the target. It's the same thing with running the bolt that we're looking at. Okay, when they're thumbing that bolt forward, using the thumb and pushing the back of the bolt, and then just camming it down, they're trying to stay in a straight line to minimize the movement, which would technically pull the rifle out of its NPA, right? So they're, they're doing this kind of stuff, um, you know, in order to stay engaged with that target and minimize that. But where does it do? This isn't, there's no shortcuts. You have to practice. And what you have to practice is moving that five yards forward, getting on your bag, setting the rifle into it and locking it down, whether you're going to hold it from the top or you're going to run your arm along the side. Uh, there's a way to run your arm along the side that's widening it out. It's almost doing the same thing as these plates are doing now. And in fact, they're building stocks that are like bench rest stocks because they're trying, it's lateral stability is what we're looking for, right? And so they're building these wide bench rest stocks um, that are gonna be like PRS stocks now because everything's riding on a bag, okay? But you, you, you want that rifle sunk into the bag, but you gotta practice, man. These guys are doing like 40 rounds a day like five days a week to practice. Are you investing that much time? Because that's what they're investing. And if you're not investing that much effort, I mean, look at what all the videos Phil's posting up there. This guy's over there running hundreds of thousands of rounds, practicing off of these obstacles. You are not going to be a guy who shoots two days a month, 100 rounds each time, you know, half prone, couple off of this, and think you're going to succeed. It just doesn't work that way. That's what we're trying to say. You can try to buy a product that's going to give you that lateral stability and throw it on there, you know, and that's what guys are trying to do to shortcut the process, but there is no free ride. You're either going to pay money or you're going to pay time, and we recommend time. All right, two block. Great after action from Nebraska. Enjoy listening to the travel tales. Taylor gets what he wants. Huh. Well, it still works, Frank, because we took, I, you know, when I asked for pie in Nebraska, I got pie. I got truck stop okay. pies. You know, but they and, were good. And Marissa made you a blondie, which were fantastic. They were warm, hot chocolate yes, chip. Yes, yes, yes. Now, when we got up here to Minnesota, I thought, well, I worked in Nebraska. Maybe I'll bitch about pies. Well, Appleby didn't have no pie. All they had was brownies. I get it. But 
I, I asked for pie, and Nick brought two big old pie, a French real pie. pie. Yeah, like real pie. We were on the line yesterday, and we had real pie. We, and then one guy whose rifle broke down, I'll let you mention if you want to, his rifle broke down, so he got to use my AX, and he brought me a, a liter point five of what, Frank? Bullet rye. Bullet rye. So I'm, I'm going to be uh, COVID-free for the rest of this trip because rye cures COVID. We'll, no we'll, we'll, we'll just say on, on the savage side of things, you got to invest in either the elite or that like 12s or whatever. Um, we had we had another one of the, the, the smaller models in the Stalker, the LSS chassis, and it rattled apart and broke. Um, you know, I'm not going to harp on it, but you guys know the deal. But the elite in those are, are not made the same way. So like I know guys are, are shooting and using the elites now that just came out, the PRS stuff. That's a different animal. That was, a, that was the fix to these other ones, but they're still selling the other ones that haven't been modified, and, and, it, and it fell apart on the guy to the point it wouldn't chamber federal gold medal match. Yeah. So, um, you, you know, you'd be, you be your own boss and, and decide what you want to do with your money. We like Teak Attack A1s, man. If, if you're a new guy and you want to invest, we like the Ruger RPR, no drama with them, but we find we invest a lot of money in the Rugers and they become more expensive than the Tika when it's all said and done. The Tika, we feel, is a good starting point. The Rugers don't break down. No, they don't. They're just clunky. You know, you have to, yeah, yeah, they're clunky. And they're accurate, though. Uh, I, I said yesterday on the line, I said, that Ruger close, bolt closing sounds like a 57 Chevy trunk. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's clunky, but they are precise firearms. If you bring one to a course, you're going to do fine, buddy. Yeah. So, you don't have to spend a lot of money. All right, what else we got, Frank? Um, Should be any more questions in there, or was that the no, last one? No, that was pretty much it. You oh, man, the you guys got the yep. questions knocked out. Oh. That's pretty cool. High on the trigger shoe. High on the, we see, yeah, Dustin was high on the trigger shoe. I'm seeing a lot more guys high on the trigger shoe. Um, you know, like with the, the trigger tech flats, and that's where we're seeing it a lot, there's that nub on the bottom you might want to, no index that in the pad of the finger, but the bottom of the pad should be indexed on that. And under time, uh, when we did the little mini comp stuff, I noticed Dustin went back high on the trigger. I suggested to him, cut out a little square of like a skateboard tape or something to that effect so you have an index point. Um, because I've noticed now about four or five guys that are coming in and, and they're high on the shoe. Um, so something to think about where your finger placement goes on that trigger shoe. You want to be consistent. There you go. Use the right lane, Frank. Hey, so yesterday we're shooting in a driving rain. Uh, I mean, the raindrops were the size of teaspoons, right? Yeah, we, I mean, it, it was a colossal downpour. It was a colossal downpour. What we found was we got an extraordinary amount of hits on steel at 1,000 yards, even small steel at 1,000 yards. And um, At the stop sign, well, turn right. All right, all I got to say is Taylor's the worst navigator on the planet. Whoa, 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 whoa. That you're, was my phone talking to you. Yeah, that but you, you're pointing the wrong way, and the whoa. phone's telling me to go one way. And even in Sturgis, dude, I'm like, where's the hotel? Oh, right there on Main Street. And it's like we had to do four U-turns to get Whatever. to the hotel because he never mapped to the hotel. He's the worst navigator ever. Whatever. So I had to actually end that one, and we're going to restart. But I don't even know where we left off now. Raindrops. Raindrops. It's raining now. Oh, we're raindrops. Right. So to, we'll, we'll, we'll restart that a little bit. Torrential downpour. Um, and we were shooting thousand yard uh, undercut, dude. We had we had more success 
in the rain than we did the day before when it wasn't. And no wind. And no there was wind. No wind day before. Uh, well, I was point three for most yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. Point three left for most guys um, was the wind. But um, I so, think there's a stability increase. Increase. It's hundred uh, percent humidity. Hundred percent humidity. Lighter yeah, air. Lighter air. I get it. But but basically, I think it 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 it, ah, it embraces the bullet. I don't know. I, I'm not going to sound like... But you I, did say you had some that dropped a little low. I didn't see any guys dropping no, but, low, but, but you had one they guy They dropped that, low only after I saw them smash through raindrops, and I'm not joking. It, uh, it but was I like, had dude, too, either but your bullet just that. exploded or you hit a raindrop. I had one guy hit, I'm, I'm watching right over his back, and it's like sploosh, sploosh, and then .5 low. You know what? I bet you he was subs- going transonic. This was at 300, 500 yards. Really, it was no. Like he hit the. He hit the. Yeah, but my guys were shooting the same exact, and we never saw it. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we had guys shooting and hitting eight inch plate four for four. Um, Ryan was really on 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 it, and then uh, Brody went five for five on a, on the um, twelve inch ipsic, and uh, you know on the sixty six percenter, and um, they so, were shooting incredible. Yes. Yeah, it was. They were day. fantastic, and it was torrential for four hours straight, and we shot in it. Um, so we only saw very few deviations. So no drama shooting in the rain, really. Now I was I was figuring Jay with his 308, and we know he was going subsonic at a thousand because when we shot the electronic target, the shot marker, it didn't pick up for him. Right. Let's talk about the shot marker. Yeah, you like the that shot marker. That worked out really well. I mean, it worked out well. We had we had a member of the range um, who was our RO, Chuck. Chuck, and he was shadowing us over on the right side of the line. What happened was we would confirm a student on steel, get him his hits on steel. Then he would break down his gear and go over to the right and shoot a group at that yard line. And we did this at every even yard line. Yep. Most of the way out. We didn't do it at nine. No, I, we it was a waste of time yeah, at But nine. we did it most of the way out. And there were some really good groups at 1,000 yards, man. Most of them, if you gave them like that four shot, like they would throw one. You know what I mean? But they're like four shot average on most of them was... Like really, like a third MOA. Yeah, but nobody shot at like a sixteen-inch group. No, no, they I were mean, all like even even with the one flyer they shot, they were all hovering around a minute, maybe a minute and a quarter with the flyer. You pull that one flyer out that people had, um, and they were half minute all day long, um, minus that one shot. But uh, we would get them on, and, and the and part of it was too, the steel was at five or you know at, at thirty yards beyond. And then the uh, paper target was, you know, 30 yards forward. What I told them was, we're going to hit the steel, no problem. Then we're going to back down two tenths, shoot your, shoot your, uh, the shot marker because it's actually at the even yard line. Yep, yeah, yep. And that's going to be your data. You, you may have to make a change up or down a tenth ba- uh, based on that group, but that's going to be your data at that yard line. It, it was like um, five because it's behind. It's kind of like that five yards or whatever. Oh, it's more so than yeah, so two tenths. No, the third, the, yeah. the steel was beyond, way beyond. But um, yeah, so you know, every ten yards, give or take, drop a tenth off. You know, and that's kind of the, the one of the benefits of mills is the you know point one through ten is ten yard increments. Yeah. MOA guys twenty five yard so. for a minute. So. Um, yeah, where was that? Didn't we had that one guy that asked the question too? We're, we never talked about that. Um, who was backwards on the BC truing versus the um, uh, okay. muzzle blast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll just discuss that. Yeah, uh, you want me to find his name? I'll yeah, because he was backwards. One right, guy's you at, find it. You find it. You already covered dude, it. Really. Yeah, yeah, dude. You you do muzzle velocity at six hundred, BC at eight hundred. Okay, and and your, your muzzle velocity, you're you're up and down and fixing that. 
your, your BC, you're going to tweak the middle number first. And if you're on like 0.9, then you would go to the first number. Philip to Melty. Yeah, Philip, man, you were backwards, dude. Um, you you, you want to be uh, the, the opposite of what you posted on the, the Podbean app. Yep, regards to you, Phil. Yep, yep. yep. So um, that that's something that, that you do. But, I mean, I, I'm personally kind of happy that we're, we're not running software like that on the line. And we're, and we're giving them the broad strokes during the presentation. And then I'm, I'm going over this. Because um, really, I, you know, it, it's always where I do it for you. And, you know, I knock it out quick and then it's all set. But it's like, well, you want to learn it, you know. So this is the answer, man. What I notice is that at the end of our two-day or three-day course, we, we now have thinking shooters. Yeah. Because we tell you how to think for yourself on the last day. I mean, it's, we're not tour guides, you know. And, and even we, we start, like, I'm calling wind for people for the first two days. And then it's like, you know, um, one of the mics, we had like a dozen one of the mics asked me for the wind call. I'm like, dude, it's day three. What is your wind call? Yep. You know, we'll correct you on that. But what's your initial wind call? Don't look for the hand. Everybody wants to be held by the hand. And and, and it's like, ah, dude, you know, we want you to think for yourself. We want, we're trying to teach you this foundation, these fundamentals. We're trying to teach you the basic core skill sets. And then that'll determine which direction you go from there. But if, if you just rely on me to do it, uh, you, what did you really take away? You know, and, and, and yeah, I already know how to do it. And, and that was, again, that conversation with Nick. And he's like, well, how did you get there? And it's like, well, it's time, experience. And, you know, the, the at the end of the day, that's my answer. Or my, that's my job. Um, if, if you come to my class and I can't get you on steel or I can't call the wind and put you where you need to be, plus I have the benefit of seeing the bigger picture. So we're You're focused on the target, right? I'm stepping out. So from 200 to a thousand, that the, the, the you know the, the initial wind call is going from center to you know favor to edge of plate to out to further and and so on. So I have a trend line I can follow across the group. And if I shot three six five Creedmoors before you, I you know I have the dope. And, and that's part of the secrets to how, in you know, competitions win dummies. That's why they, they say, uh, you know, oh, in my squad, uh, Mark's doing better than I am, okay? So we're in a competition. He's in my squad with me. And by the third stage of the morning, uh, we notice Mark's, Mark's ahead of me. Well, then I'll shoot before Mark and, you know, tell him, hey, man, I'm, that's dope for a six-mile-an-hour win. Uh, and then he's got su- success and maintains his his uh, standing, you know, so he's no longer guessing. He's looking at my trend lines, which then translates to what he's doing. We're worth mentioning that I wouldn't give you my hold. I would give you my wind mile per hour that I doped it on. Right. Yep. Uh, you know, because if, if I'm six millimeter and he's he's six five, the, the miles per hour that I use to hit that with is more important than my hold because my, uh, my six millimeter hold is going to be about two tenths less at certain distances, it's going to change about 800 yards, but my wind hold's going to be different than his, and then at 800 yards, his is probably going to take over mine. He'll do better there because of the heavier bullet, and, and as long as his speed is up, um, you know, it, it'll start. Like, we noticed in Nebraska, the Valkyrie and the 6 millimeters at 1,000 yards and beyond were the same wind holds just about. Am I still looking at corn? Corn, man. We're in corn I mean, friggin'. I mean, wait a minute. This is like weeks of corn now because do we have corn in Colorado? Probably somewhere, but probably Colorado. I don't corn. think so. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't think Probably we had popcorn or something, you know? Man, these states got corn, buddy. I mean, uh, are you guys eating that much popcorn out there? I mean, I enjoy popcorn, but, man, this is crazy. This ain't popcorn. It's not flaky. Yeah. This is this is. We, we've corn. learned to tell tassels now. Yeah, we can tell Those, which corn yeah, is which. Yeah, that's not it. Yeah, this is... Uh, we got an education on corn, man. corn right here. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where we're going. What else we got on our sheet, man? We got, oh, we got man, a couple. Oh, man, not much. Uh, we hit all the wickets. Honestly, we hit all the wickets. We, we hit the high points for you guys. Yep, um, we hit all the high points. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, we're just, we're, we're continuing on. We got these two classes in Iowa we're going to knock out. We got the full one to spill over. I know we'll have Joel Wise out there, uh, Precision Rifle Network. He's going to be filming and doing some stuff. Content, man. He's creating content for us and everything. Colin Kaufman's our point guy. He's a law enforcement officer in Ames. He's our point guy. He's been making it happen for us. Yep, he's going to yep. be like the host there. Right, right. And and, and again, um, thanks to JP and, and uh, you know for, for hosting us this afternoon and getting us lunch. Happy birthday, Adam. Uh, Adam Burt over there. Uh, it was his birthday today. So a quick shout out to Adam and JP. Um, for that, not not Mile High Adam, the the other Adam, and then um, man, I don't know. I think you that's... can't go wrong with coconut shrimp. I mean, I had coconut shrimp for lunch. We're at this real nice, we're at a Best Western Plus, but it had a really nice Rudy's Red Eye or something. Yeah, something R-R. attached to it. Right, but but man, you can't go wrong with coconut. It was pretty shrimp. fancy. It was nice. Yeah, I had a uh, French dip, yeah. and then we had the, those uh, appetizers were amazing. We had some steak bits. With a different uh, Bernays sauce or something, yeah. and then we had um, stuff, the stuffed mushrooms, crab stuffed mushrooms, I yeah. think. Yeah, we're we're in here in the middle of the heartland eating seafood. Imagine that. Well, because we we picked out on steak. I get it. I mean, I mean, you had. Well, what? we're going to Iowa. We're going to get back into steak. Yeah. I'm getting back into steak in Iowa if I can. Well, I did a lot of chicken um, at that bar. Oh, do you want to tell the bar story, dude? Which one? The the fucking last night of the full moon. Oh my. Okay, so we're outside. We're, we've got about five or six students. Two or three of them peel off. They're going to go home. Now the mosquitoes come out. We're, get, we're getting clobbered by mosquitoes, so we go inside. Inside, there's three of us. Four? No, there's four of us. Me, you, Dusty Plyer, and Nick. And we're sitting at a four top. And we're sitting at a four top. And in walks... Six locals. Yeah, six locals. Big guys, corn fed. I mean, well, one big guy, the one big guy was Dude, seven Bigfoot Junior. He was yeah. seven foot something. Yeah. And and he was like a monster. He was a galoot is what he was. Yeah, he know? was a total galoot. They and called him Cable. Cable. And it yeah. ain't because of his body. Yeah. Well, you know they what I mean. Him, He's a Manfrotto. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so they call him Cable. Dude, they surrounded us. They surrounded us. And it wasn't in a bad way. But, you know, things can turn bad in a little honky tonk like that real bad. Because you're, you're not the local. Uh, in their minds, you're here to steal their women. We weren't here to do that. We didn't no, want. No, there was nothing anyway. worth yeah. stealing in there. But 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 basically, they were friendly, and you know that goes so far until they just want to kick your ass. But we didn't feel threatened. We just felt like at cautious. any moment this could turn. We were back. cautious. Yeah. Well, then it comes. Hey, let's arm wrestle, man. Come on, man. How old are we? Right. Like, they were all like our age, know, except and, for yeah, Cable. Except for Cable, he's 21, and we got a picture of him. So you look around. We're, gonna, we're gonna drop this picture. Uh, on Facebook, but uh, they want to arm wrestle. So who's the obvious target? Me? No, it's Frank. They want to arm wrestle Frank. So Cable goes after Frank, and he's like, oh, you know, I don't remember how it went down, but Frank has to get up on a on a Mountain Dew can, right? I put- just to meet the guy at fist, because Frank's uh, link to pull is like, 
uh, 13, 12 and a half inches. This guy's length of pull was 18. So he had to get on a pep. Uh, I, I balanced my elbow on a soda can. Okay, and then it's like, I'm a, ready, set, and the guy starts tensing up on Frank. Frank reaches up and grabs his nose. The guy relaxes. Frank slams his arm on the, on the, the table, table three times. Three I'm like, bam, 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 and I beat him. I and, and they all start laughing, well, and they're cracking up. And they didn't learn anything. No. Because 10 minutes later, well, no, guy brings over shot. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Everything's we good. We have another couple of drinks. And then the old man who has, like, He's arms, big, man. He's, he's guns. I called him Popeye because he was an old guy, and he had forearms of Popeye. Well, Popeye comes over, and he wants to arm wrestle who? Frank. So so the guy that did the most arm wrestling was Frank and Nick. Nick's a uh, yeah, really good-looking cat. He, really, he's really strong, man. Yeah, he's, really strong. he's in shape. And, and, and so he comes over, and he's going to learn his lesson now. Well, him and Frank square up. And, and, and you know, as soon as I touch freaking arms, hands with him. You knew you were about to get crushed. I knew I'm about to get crushed. So we're right on the edge of the table, and he can't see my left hand. So I slowly and gently, because I know better than to do it hard, I slowly and gently reached under the table. And tickled his balls. And caressed his nuts. <laughs> he relaxes. He Frank jumped. slams him on the table. He jumped, and I slammed him again. Dude, they were dying. Well, then the black shirt guy comes over to me, and he's covering his nose and covering his nuts, and he can't arm wrestle me now yep, because yep. he got no free hand. Yep. He don't know which one to protect. That was the end of that. Yep, that, yep. that ended it. We were all friends. Everybody was cool. But I I, uh, I was challenged twice. I stepped up twice, and I knocked them down twice. It was yep. funny as shit. And, and, and so that, that, was, that was hysterical, man. Hey, the locals were excellent. Yeah, we're they're not. Just, they're going through their COVID thing, and, and, you know, the COVID was non-existent in that bar. Nobody wanted to hear about it. But, but there were excellent people in Minnesota, excellent people everywhere we've been. And now we're going to get some more excellent people in Iowa. Yep, yep. No doubt in my mind. Hey, if you guys are in the Dubuque area, come see us. Um, give us a, you know, drop us a line. Somehow we'll find you. Facebook, uh, get on get on the podcast, questions, let us know you're there. And I'll reach out to you. We'll, maybe we'll have a cocktail or something. Make a memory. Uh, we can make you uh, podcast famous. Yeah, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for commenting. Throw some more comments on. We still got another week or so road tripping. So if you want to, you know, do some more of this kind of fun stuff, uh, we're going to be in the road. We're going to be in the car, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, we got to keep ourselves entertained as much as anybody. Uh, so uh, appreciate it. And we'll see you out there on the road somewhere, Later. man. If you see a fucking chalk-colored fucking car going a little too fast. What kind of car? Uh, the the, the Macan. The car. Uh, if you see it, it's chalk. Um and, 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 and so if you see that, uh, you know, flash your lights at me and I'll flash you back. All right, guys. Later.